it never was just a slowdown. In fact, the word that is beginning to come to mind is plunge. But plunge is somewhat misleading in this context because plunge suggests that everything just happens all at once. And that's never the case. There's a process here, a process that you could have followed if you had followed the right indications, the right signals, right markets. Now let's back up a little bit. Let's go back to June and July. Before then, Eurodollar futures, yield curve, whatever it may have been, those had been modestly inverted, suggesting, okay, some concern across the marketplace. Widespread concern, but not yet that serious. But then, especially in July, the yield curve inversion went nuts. The Eurodollar futures, Euro futures inversion did the same, which suggested inside the economy, inside the monetary system, very key participants were seeing things that were happening and unfolding that caused them to be very concerned. They said, I need to start hedging more seriously for positions that will pay off when, not if, when the Federal Reserve realizes this is not just a slowdown. And those bets increased exponentially October into November. That's when we saw the curve inversions that were already seriously inverted just go completely nuclear. So from that, we could tell something was happening on the ground in the global economy, the US too, that caused all of these market participants to think, I'm already pretty substantially hedged. I need to hedge even more. Not only did they, did those who were hedged hedge even more, more of those who weren't hedged began to hedge too. So we had this consensus opinion that something bad was taking place first in June and July, and then again, October, November, and even December. Now today, of course, we've got the payroll report, which is what everybody has focused on for seemingly since time immemorial, ever since the BLS first came up with this monstrosity they called the establishment survey. I'm not gonna really talk about the payroll report today because it's old news. It's lagging, I'll go over a little bit of it, but there's more data that has come in that continues to come in in line with what markets have been saying all of last year and now into this year, that the economy is not just slowing down, that there is a recession coming and it will never have been unexpected, but that's what they'll call it. We'll get into all that, but first, I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. Our exclusive video content, you know the drill by now, Eurodollar.university, memberships, we get, we get into the details behind curves, money, economic consequences, those things and more, and in more of a current, uh, current context and focus at research subscriptions. We've got a sale going on at Markets Insider Pro where you can get a research bundle, which includes my daily briefing where we go, our, oh, go over in minute detail all of the things that happen each day. And then the deep dive analysis, which takes a deep dive into these concepts and developments, consequences and implications of everything that's going on in our world. Ma money, macro, finance, economy, all that stuff. Eurodollar.university. So the payroll data, that's where everybody wants to start. And at first glance, it appears to, su to suggest and indicate to correspond 
with the mainstream Federal Reserve narrative, which is that the economy has transitioned from red hot to nothing more than a slowing down into normal, more stable, less inflation situation where employment will be still good, but it won't be as red hot as it had been, which according to mainstream economic theory, that's a good thing. So payrolls were up 223,000. That's down a little bit from a lower revised to 56 in November. Those sound relatively good, but again, if you any time of you spend any time examining the payroll reports, you realize 223 that's below the lower end of the range. That's not actually a good number if for reasons that are obscured to most uh, surface analysis. The household survey rebounded after being lower. It was up about 600, 700,000. Labor force rebounded a little bit too. But we find out there it was all part-time employees, no full-time jobs. In fact, full-time jobs were lower by the smallest amount in the BLS uh, BLS data, which is 1,000. But either way, full-time jobs have shrank by 400,000 since April or since March of this year. So ever since we've been talking about the economy shifting, here's the thing. The full-time jobs data tells you that something has been going on. We keep saying that companies have been making adjustments to their labor force. Now, they don't want to become Chainsaw Al Dunlop. And if you don't know who Chainsaw Al is, I suggest you, you, you Google him because it's an interesting story there. Companies, by and large, don't want to do that. They don't want to take the chainsaw to their labor force. They want to, they're going to be very cautious about making any serious disruptions, any serious alterations to what their operations are up to. And that makes perfect sense because until you're absolutely certain that something is going wrong in the economy and it's going to stay wrong for a long, a prolonged period of time, the last thing you want to do is let go, especially of potentially uh, vital, crucial workers that you're going to need if you're wrong about the economy. So companies who are by and large optimistic thinking growth and expansion anyway, they're not going to start just willy-nilly firing workers until that moment where they say, oh, this is going to be bad. I really do need to start hunkering down and getting rid of any potential excess costs. Now, we've seen a little bit of that happen among more prominent corporate names, but it hasn't yet come, it hasn't yet filtered down across the, re the rest of the economy. Because again, businesses are waiting for that moment when they say, oh, I was cautious before because the, the economy looked okay, it was somewhat ambiguous, economic uncertainty more than anything. Suddenly economic uncertainty becomes certainty and it's not in a good way. And the rest of the data that we've seen, especially lately, is beginning to more and more suggest exactly that. And it's exactly what markets had been saying all along. First, we see the shift in June, where that last expansion that started to level off in March, April, and May really did maybe hit its top back in June. So when the curves inverted in June, the inversion went heavier into July, we see a broad range of data that points to June saying that was probably the peak. And now we see the post-October, November, December numbers that are looking not just at a peak, but now heading in the downward direction. So if you're a business up until now who's been very cautious about maybe not hiring people, maybe converting more, more full-time workers to part-time workers, 
hiring freeze, labor, hours, minor adjustments up until this point, waiting for that moment where you can say, all clear, everything's good, Jay Powell was right, the economy's doing just fine, even if it's a touch slower, or like the markets have said, uh-oh, we're in real trouble here. If we look at the goods sector, the goods sector in particular, we've seen a lot of data that suggests it's the other alternative, that we're in real trouble here. The inventory cycle that was artificially accelerated and amplified in 2021 for a variety of reasons, <clears throat> excuse me, for a variety of reasons, beginning with federal government intervention, supply shocks, uh, logistical problems, all those things really came to a head when March, April, May, and especially June. Um, then, you know, after the inventory cycle started to slow down, it looks like November was when that slowdown accelerated into full-blown contraction. And again, we started with sentiment data, soft data, PMIs like the Federal Reserve's regional Fed manufacturing, which told us uh, producers, manufacturers were beginning to become more pessimistic about the future, new orders indices in particular. Uh, but now we've got hard data. The hard data is starting to catch up to it too. Uh, as I mentioned before, imports crashed when? November down 20 billion, a huge amount. Even though imports were high, they had started to round off and now they're heading sharply lower again in June. That was a 7% drop, 7.5% drop month over month. Enormous decline in imports, which was consistent, not just with market curves, but what we had what we had heard anecdotes in, from shippers, you know, blank sailings, shipping rates that had crashed, all of these things pointing in that same direction. In it, we, uh, not just the Federal Reserve PMIs, this week we got the ISM, we got confirmation from S&P Global. Again, PMI, soft sentiment data suggesting things have turned for the worse. More hard data today confirming November. Uh, Federal uh, not Federal Reserve, factory orders. Factory orders for both main, uh, for durable goods as well as non-durable goods. So wide uh, cross-section of the, the goods economy, domestic goods production. Factory orders were down 1.8% month over month in total. Again, they were way up there with the explosion in the goods economy, the 2021 nominal, nominal uh, recovery or nominal rebound, whatever, however you want to classify it. But it's since, again, you look at factory orders, where do they top out? June. So starting in July, they started to go down a little bit. And then November, we see an acceleration to the downside. Even when you exclude transportation, which those can be volatile from, from a, on a high frequency basis month to month, still factory orders excluding transportation down eight tenths of a percent in November. Consumer goods, which is another subset. An important one since we're talking about American consumer demand more than anything. Factory orders for consumer goods down 1.5% month over month in November. So it matches what the soft sentiment data was telling us. It matches what the uh, corporate stories, the anecdotes from shippers, the inventory cycle indications, and of course, obviously, beginning from the premise, in real time, markets had told you something was changing for the worse 
in November. But when you look at the payroll data, when you hear the economists talk, when you hear the mainstream media, all across the, the narrative that comes out of that, what's their, what they're basically saying is, yeah, that's just the goods economy. That's just manufacturing. I mean, that was the artificial pandemic, pandemic-fueled change in habits, the, the lockdown, American consumers stuck in their homes buying goods on Amazon.com. Now that we're free to go, now that we can forget COVID-19 ever existed and go about our lives as if it was 2019 all over again, sure, the goods economy is going to come down. It's going to look like some pretty serious weakness because Americans that are no longer shopping on Amazon.com are going to be out doing things that they used to be doing. They're going to be buying services. So we're going to see a shift from goods production to services. No big deal. And you combine that with the payroll report, maybe the economy just is going back to its normal self. And this is not just a transition to stable, as Jay Powell suggests. It's also a transition to stable in the pre-pandemic state. But when we look around the services economy, all of a sudden that, that idea evaporates. Because as I've mentioned many times before, that's where the layoffs are. We see the, these layoff announcements, which are, again, just around the edges. It's a little bit here and there. Most of them are concentrated where? We hear them from especially tech, but tech is part of services industries. And as these companies are announcing their layoffs, they're saying it's because of economic uncertainty. A lot of them say we hired way too many people during the pandemic phase, and now we're realizing with uncertain economic conditions, we need to start thinking about controlling our costs, which again, we see that in the household survey data and a little bit in the establishment survey data, which is beginning to roll over too, but that's all lagging. What about forward-looking stuff? In the services sector, I've talked about this repeatedly, there are Fed regional service surveys and PMIs that have suggested the services economy is having a real hard time and has ever since June and July with a particular emphasis since November. So the Fed regional PMIs, absolutely ugly. They're, they're in the same condition now as they had been in either 2020 or 2009. Those are not comparisons you want to see in any economic account at any period at any time. But it isn't just the Fed regional major... S&P Global, S&P Global for the national U.S. economy, non-manufacturing industries, again, serious drop-off. The numbers for December, um, the, the, uh, the flash reading had been, I think, for services, 44.4, was revised to 44.7, but those are not good numbers. Like the Fed's regional PMIs for services, Comparisons only to 2020 and 2021. And then today, which should get everybody's attention, overshadowing, completely erasing any thoughts about the payroll report, the ISM's PMI for non-manufacturing, again, services. Out of all of the PMIs focused on the services sector in the United States, ISM's had been the outlier. It had been the one that suggests nothing really, yes, just nothing more than a slowdown. But this latest data for the month of December, the month immediately following November, where we see all this stuff taking place around the world, the numbers for December among the positive outlier from, from the ISM, 
they plunged, absolutely plunged. The headline fell to 49.6. That's low for the ISM. That's low for services. That's below 50. 49.6 from 56.5 in November. So almost seven points there in a single month. Business activity, the business activity, the actual activity among service providers, 54.7, which sounds terrific, but it's really not. More than that, it was down 10 full points in December. But the big one, the big one that ties all of these things together, ISM non-manufacturing new orders. New orders plunged from 56, which was not good, but at least somewhat seemingly stable, all the way to 45.2. Service providers are now saying they're seeing new orders drop at a decent rate. More and more service providers are saying not just economic uncertainty, but full-blown contraction. So in the context of the labor data that we actually see today, what the payroll report suggests is that up until now, companies have been in that initial stage where they're looking for confirmation that we're all clear or that we really have plunged off a cliff. And if this ISM data is correct, because it's, it's not just the ISM data, it's all these other economic accounts, if those are correct, which simply validate what markets have been telling us all along, then we would expect over the next couple months, the labor market data is going to get with the recession. It's going to catch up to what the rest of the economy and markets have been saying. Not what the FOMC has been saying, not what the mainstream media has been saying about an economy normalizing after a couple years of pandemic uh, interference and intrusions, but this process of becoming a recession in what looks to be a pretty nasty one is coming true to fruition. Markets had forecast exactly this and every opportunity at every juncture and it all along the way Jay Powell and the media and everybody else had said, pay no attention to these curves. Pay no we know what we're doing. Well, once again, we see they don't know what they're doing and that the markets have valuable information that they are able to display for everybody who's willing and open-minded enough to look at that and interpret that as people know what's going on inside the real economy, even if we can't see it quite in the data just yet. Well, the data is starting to see it too, what already happened. What we see November into December, an ugly downturn just as predicted. I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, a huge, huge thank you to all of our Eurodollar University members, as well as our research subscribers. If you wanna know what they're up to, what they're getting, Check it out at eurodollar.university. Until next time, take care.